everybody. My name is Maria Pesson, founder and host of the podcast for women over 50 and also the Facebook group for women over 50. So I hope you guys who um, are interested in finding out more will join our group and participate and are inspired by what we're doing. So on this podcast, I will be speaking with ordinary women over 50 who are looking to make their next act their best act. My goal is to introduce you to inspiring women who are doing great things so that you can be inspired to do more than you might have even considered. So today we're going to have Jacqueline join us. Jacqueline, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, thank you, Maria, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, yes, so my name is Jacqueline Killam. I am 56 years old. Um, I reside in um, Fontana, California. Um, I've been a lifelong resident of California. And um, uh, let's see, I've raised two um, autistic girls. Um, they, one of my daughters, uh, they're, tw they're twins, and one of my daughters passed away in 2016. Oh, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, I do have my uh, other daughter living with me. Um, she's 29, and um, so... She's a year older than my daughter. Oh. So, um, yeah, so, um, and so to tell you a little bit about what I do, um, I've been in, uh, I've been working in education for uh, the last 35 years, um, and where I currently work, I've been employed there for 21 years. Um, I work for a local school district here in California, um, and um, I've always been inspired to work with children just because I think it was just something that was meant to be for me. Um, and um, I honestly enjoy doing it. Um, I really enjoy doing service work, I guess you could say. I'm, I've, um, I don't oppose to being um, uh, working in, you know, I mean, I really think that it's, I applaud anyone that has their own business. And I, I honestly, um, have thought about that many times, but I've uh, been in the service that, you know, serving people or actually public service um, for so many years. I don't know anything different. So, And you must uh, really be enjoying it because you've been doing it all this time. Yes, yes. I, I thoroughly do. I, um, uh, it's, it's it must been, be satisfying to you. It is. It is. I think it's just, it's satisfying to me just um, because of I mean, it's not something that's glamorous and certainly not something that you're going to be uh, independently wealthy, um, but there is some gratitude to be in, um, in service for others. So, Oh, I think it, you make a difference in the world. What you do impacts people every single day. And because of you, the world is just a little bit better than it was before. So I think you should be proud of that. And I think um, my daughter's a teacher also. She oh. um, teaches autistic children, ages oh. like um, nine years old, about th three to fifth grade. And I'll tell you, this, while she doesn't like the politics of what she does, she loves being with the children, 
hugging them, teaching them and make a difference in their lives. And she gets a lot of satisfaction out of it. So I know that um, she makes a difference and I know that you make a difference. So thank you for being a part of um, this world in the way that you are and teaching our, and bringing to our young people knowledge and growth and inspiration. So I thank you thank for you. everything that you do. Thank you. And I can surely, surely attest to those politics and bureaucracy and um, public education. I think that's the only downside is that, um, you know, um, unfortunately, we rely on public funding. So that does sometimes take away from the real point of all of everything that you're doing with children or, you know, and educating them. And I think that's just the one downside that Absolutely. So I can agree with that. I think the biggest downside, and I don't want to get too far into politics, but I think the biggest downside is that people, a lot of the people who run this country, look at teachers not as part of the solution, but part of the problem. Sure, absolutely. And which is really a shame because people who are teachers today, they do it because it means something to them. Right. They don't make much money it's a lot of hours there you know it used to be that it was much easier you had the summers off a lot of bad teachers could get away with being bad teachers because there was tenure that sure. stuff doesn't really exist so much anymore you really right. have to work hard beyond your game you put your own money into the pot to get supplies for your classrooms because sure. you don't get enough and you work hours outside of the school um time the time you're in school preparing to be in school and preparing lessons and and i i'm not sure exactly what you do i know you do um something more in administration but it still you know requires so much um extra work than just a nine to five job like people think so again right. i applaud you um on what you do so that's wonderful and thank you for sharing that so the reason we asked you to come on our show today is because you're doing something that um you're solving a, an issue for yourself you're solving a problem that many of us have experienced or still experience experiencing but you've solved it and that's um the great thing i think sharing the your story and how you solved your issue is going to be really helpful to all of us. So tell us what your problem was and how did it start? Sure, um, so my problem was with money <laughs> um, and- um, And we all had those problems. Sure, yeah. Um, but I became, um, I, I, I'm actually, uh, I mean, I still have some debt, but it's not in the way that it was when I actually kind of, I guess you could say, hit rock bottom. Um, with oh, what course did hit rock, rock bottom? Well, um, I had left a, a, a marriage of 21 years, a very, um, I would want to say it's just, it was just really bad um, in many aspects, but that was sort of part of the reason was uh, that I left was as a result of our finances, but um, there were other things that, you know, probably don't need to be mentioned. But, um, so I went into um, 
I went to live on my own um, and uh, away from him. And at that point, we had had our combined um, finances. Well, he didn't really work a whole lot. That was one thing I can say. Um, so I was doing most of everything. I was going, I went back to school to work on my master's in counseling and I put, I did put myself in some financial debt there, but um, I felt, and not to say that, that the breakdown of the marriage didn't also include myself, because I, I, I realize that now with a lot of deep introspection, um, I have taken that as part of my own issue. But um, uh, we, when I did leave, um, there was, we just had an enormous amount of credit cards that were maxed out. It was just, it was just horrible. So when I went into my new situation, trying to get back on my feet by myself, um, there were creditors after me. And, and a lot of these bills were not just my own, um, I mean, they were created by him and it was a lot I would blame on him because I'd say, well, you don't work. So I'm going to have to, you know, I'm maxing out our credit cards just to stay afloat here. And um, so when it got to the point when I left, um, I was getting creditors calling me saying, um, you know, you need to pay this and that. And I, you know, I just, I got to a point where I was just like, I guess I was in a place where I was just ignoring it. I wasn't really handling it. And uh, you were so escaping. Exactly, and I, you by know, not, it, yeah, by not facing it, maybe it right. really didn't exist. <laughs> right, you know, you can't just ignore those things, but, um, and you know, so when I finally got a um, a notice from my bank saying that they were going to levy my account, there was a credit card company that was going to levy my account. And I was like, what? And so I had all my, all the savings that I had was $4,000 in there. And, and that's all I had. I had paid all my bills luckily that month, but um, well, just despite not paying the credit card bills, but um, they actually levied the account, took away all that money. And it just, it was just at that point, I guess I just kind of realized what am I doing? You know, because it's a wake-up call. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my my credit was going down tremendously because it was really good at one time, but after that, it was just it was to the point where it was like it was one of the worst credit ratings. And um, I just remember dealing with that situation, being at probably at one of my lowest. Well, I wouldn't say at my complete lowest, but I was pretty low. I didn't know where I was going to get resources from. Um, I didn't have family that I could really rely on. We've, we've, I've never had that. So um, I was able to uh, borrow from a friend and I was able to get back on my feet a little bit. So, but it was from there and that's been 11 years. It's been 11 years since that happened. It took me the 11 years to get really back on my feet and my credit back to where it is exemplary <laughs> and um that's amazing good for you yeah it was a struggle though and i know people say well how did you do it you know and it's like well one bill at a time i guess we, I, well i want to say yeah it was one bill at a time i had kind of taken some you know just just really learned about money by watching shows um and just finding out how you can 
to get your credit back to a better rate. And um, is there a particular guru that you liked that you learned a lot from? Um, there was a couple, but I don't really recall their names because, um, you know, they were on a I want to say they were on a cable show, but I can't really recall the name actually okay. for a long time. Um, but when I, I think it was not just that, but it was really thinking a lot inward about what caused, like what was the real root of my problem? Because I don't think that you get into a financial crisis just I mean, perhaps it does happen, but I know for me, it wasn't. It was life. It wasn't like you had a medical issue that threw no, you. No, 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 no. It no. was something that you directly contributed to. So you, you took ownership of the problem. Yes. I want to say that this started very early on in my life. Um, I had, I come from a family of five siblings. I'm sorry, five, including myself. And we, uh, my mom and dad uh, both worked my entire life um, and their entire lives. Uh, even when I was a small child, I don't rem remember even seeing my parents that often. I was practically raised by siblings, um, but they had to both work to make ends meet. We did have a house. We had food on the table. I had clothes. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't get a lot of attention. I was kind of thrown around, but, and my parents were great with money. Um, they saved, they, um, they never had bad credit. They didn't, you know, they were careful with their money. I just don't think they passed those things along to you know, it's funny that you say that I have the same situation. My father actually just handed my mother his paycheck. He had nothing to do with it. My, it's my mother who was the brilliant person. And while she didn't work when we were young, she started working when I was a teenager and it was only part time. But my mother could take a dollar and make it into $10. You know, she was just wow. so good. And we had, they owned a summer home. They had a nice apartment, nice furniture. We never lacked for anything. Obviously, we didn't have, you know, fancy vacations or going out to, you know, restaurants all the time. The thing we were frugal, and that's the thing about my mother. But somehow it passed over me. It was like the genes passed on to my children. Yeah. I don't have that gene. So I, I get <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty much like that. Where, where like I said, my parents were great with money. I mean, they weren't, they didn't spend a lot. We didn't go on vacations a lot. We didn't do like a lot. We didn't have a lot of like extras, but we got by, but they never really shared that information with me. It was like, I wish they would have, in retrospect, I wish they would just have sat me down and said, okay, this is how you, you know, you balance your checkbook or this is how you do this. I kind of just it was, I, I guess, you know, I just want to say it, I, I was winging it, you know, basically, I didn't, I had no instruction whatsoever. I had no knowledge of how to deal with money. I mean, I know most people can probably, well, I don't know about most people, but a lot of people can probably say that they did the same thing. Maybe their parents were um, also, you know, not giving them that information and they did fine. But I think for my daughter money, says they should teach that in high school. Absolutely. I totally agree. I cannot agree with that 
I mean, it's just, uh, I think it's fabulous. I don't know why they focus so much on certain subjects in high school when there's such a, there's such a need for kids to learn how to, how to manage money, how to, to, to present yourself, to get a job. There's so many things that I think are lacking in education that need life skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those were things that I did not learn. I mean, seriously, I was not prepared. I did not learn that either. I'm trying to think if that was something that's generational or if it's just the time, because I know uh, they don't do it now. They didn't do it when we were kids. I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. I had a close friend, and um, we were like 20, 21 years old. We were young, but we were both married. And um, her husband died at a very young age, and she was single. And she got her first credit card. And I had never heard of a credit card. And people are going to think that's funny. But in right. those days, people really didn't have credit cards. It wasn't sure. a thing. We certainly didn't have ATM cards. There was no such thing. I didn't see an ATM card till I was 25 years old. Um, but when I was a kid, so she got this credit card and she explains to me that she could spend up to $500 on this credit card and she could just keep having that extra $500 in her life. And when she dies, she'll owe only the $500 and she'll be dead and she won't have to pay it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she didn't understand interest i didn't understand interest i'm like oh really is that how it works maybe i should get one of those things get a credit card that's how how much we did not know anything right right it's yeah i mean i had i could care less what the interest rate was oh i can get a car or this or that for this you know when i paid this i can pay the what is it you can pay the least amount of money a month I and you no could have like a car and you only sure. have to pay 200 a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was like clueless. I had no idea. And it's sad that I would have to, after all these years into my late 40s and 50s, realize that, you know, <laughs> you messed up all those years and you really right. could have done better. And you could have been in a great situation. Sure. Let me ask you a question. Um, I'm sure you remember this. But when we were young, remember how many junkers were on the road? How many yeah. old cars were? No one has an old car anymore. It's very rare. Oh, right. Because people have loans now. There was We didn't have loans. We bought what we could pay for. Sure. So, so we didn't, you know, we that was the worst thing about our childhood is that we grew up when credit was starting to be this big deal and everybody was going to get credit. They didn't think of paying for things when they bought them. They thought of paying on time, always paying on time mm -hmm. and just getting interest. And I think that might be generational because the kids right. now know that interest is not a good thing. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's certainly been a life lesson for me. Um, and now, um, having been through all that, it's, like I said, I, I realized through just a lot of deep introspection that these problems with money did not happen overnight. That it was just years and years of um, just negligence on really- Bad decisions. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and um, I really, you know, in, in retrospect, I really wish I would have been better. I wish I would have taken advantage of, you know, uh, really looking into how to how to um, to take the I mean to not think about oh you know if, I mean when you're getting all these offers from credit card companies you know take you know why wasn't I it was just like almost like um, you know oh wow that sounds great so just take that you know oh I got another credit card in the mail but not really thinking um, long term how it would affect right. and so um, yeah, I just, uh, I really do think these are, my problems were rooted from childhood and not really having a respect for money, having um, any great valuing it, probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. just knowing that it was, you had it and it could be, oh yeah, you could spend it all, but then what, <laughs> you know? Right. So not an extreme, I, and I, I, I don't want to say that I'm so like, I'm, I don't care if people call me penny bender or whatever. I am extremely careful now. I mean, everything is that I purchased is like, bought after. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but when what was the change? What like what change did you make first? What was the thing that launched you in the right direction? Well, the when I had those problems with. Um, the um, levy. Um, I went to a, um, I, I talked to my best friend and she told me, well, we did, we went and um, uh, we went and talked to an attorney to see if we could get, you know, file chapter 11. And, um, you know, I thought I went to, I actually took that advice. I did go and talk to someone, but they of course wanted money up front. And I was like, well, okay, I don't have any money really to give you. So, right. you know, I thought, okay, forget that one, you know, and, and they said, well, cause my friend said, oh, you know, your kid's only going to be bad for seven years and this and that. Honestly, I, I didn't do it. And I, um, I just like, I am because, um, it took me seven years out of that for my credit to get back on somewhat of a you know on track but it took a lot of my own hard work to really um to really pay off credit cards on time i mean everything that i do now is with any type of money or bills everything's paid way in advance i don't pay like at the due date i pay like way well before um i don't um and I think that that was what actually helped me get back on track. And every time I would, you know, um, I've, I got that credit karma because it was free and everybody said, oh, they're not going to, it's not going to go against you if you check. Um, I would just, I was kind of obsessed with checking, um, you know, my score. And, um, but I mean, I, I just, I think just really being careful um and my high interest cards first and i would put more money on those and pay mm -hmm. and and i would pay the other one so i that's one of the ways i did changes by paying the high credit the, the high interest rate cards first and paying those down and then the others not paying as much so that i could get caught up on one and then i'd go to the next one and then i'd go to the next one and then 
finally, um, when I would have extra money for some reason, either working overtime, because I've, I've got, I work um, where my position is, um, is management, so I get a certain amount. So, um, but anytime I worked overtime, I would put, apply that to my credit cards. And it just- Did you save also? I did, yeah, I do. I have savings now, yeah. Good. I've built that up too, so, um, and I rarely touch that. I mean, I, it's like, I mean, it's, it's really a, a lot to even, I don't even look at that account. It's more I, like a cushion. It's like, exactly. it's, it's like, it's there to make you sleep at night and feel comfortable that your life yes. is on the right track. Yes. And I, and I try to add more and more to it. So, um, yeah, so it's sometimes living with beneath your means. Um, and I do sometimes, um, I have to admit, I get a little, um, when I see people on Facebook or, or social media that say, oh, I was on this vacation doing this and this, or I bought this. And I, I, you know, I think, okay, I know they're not much richer than earth. You don't have a lot of money, but I wonder, and I always think, gosh, maybe I should just be a little more, you know, adventurous, take some money and go on a trip. And I, I really do want to do that because I do think that it is important to um, live. Yes. To live. I mean, you don't want to, have your money there you know your little nest egg but then you're not doing anything i mean you could die you know and, and you wouldn't you know what i mean i don't want to be i know exactly what you mean yeah. you still have to have a life right so you still have to allocate now but here's what you did that is inspirational you bought you i'll get this out of my mouth i've only had two <laughs> cups of coffee you think i'd be able to say it by now you and took a bite out of the bullet and said to yourself i'm going to struggle maybe for the next few years and not do the things that i would like to do but it's going to make the next years after that that much better so i'll deal with it now i'll sacrifice now with the goal of having my life be a better life Right. Would that's you say true. that that's the case? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you so you sacrificed a bit. I'm sure you had fun over the years. And there were things that happened that you enjoyed sure. and did. And there's a lot of things to do that actually don't cost money, like hiking. I happen to love sure. hiking. Yeah. So for me, hiking is a, a really good thing. So, um, so tell us more. So... Um... So yeah, I mean, it was basically uh, just little steps that I took. Um, I wouldn't say like it was something I was obsessed with, but I certainly now, uh, I'm still not obsessed with, you know, my finances, but I'm certainly, it is a very high priority in my life. It It's, um, I've been... I have a new partner now, um, and we work really well together and with finances and everything. And I've always told him, I don't have family. I think a big motivator was, I don't, I mean, I have family, but I'm not one to, I've never been one to borrow now in the past from my parents. Yeah, that was different as a young person, but now I'm, 
I'm not one to, like, if I was in finance, I mean, I'd have to be in a really bad financial crisis to ask for help. I'm just not really wired that way. I have always wanted to be independent on my own, taking care of my own finances, and pretty much, I don't depend on anybody. I mean, even if I didn't have a partner, I would certainly um, just want to do this all on my own. I've, How long have you had your partner for? Um, for eight years. Oh, that's great. So you had a, a big support in your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and we, um, we're just, you know, we don't, we compliment each other. We don't, we're not, uh, we help each other. We do, but we're certainly both just trying to navigate our paths, you know, um, independently too. So, um, yeah. Well, that is such an inspiring story. Thank you know, you. a lot of times um, we get to a certain age in our life and we think it's over. You know, we're just going to coast till we die. You know, how could somebody at our age fix a bad financial situation? You know, maybe we have health issues. Maybe we don't make that much money and we don't have the ability to make that much money. You know, there's a million reasons why um, you can't have a good financial situation but the truth is if my mother could make money last the way she did and save money and be in a good financial system with the income that my parents had anybody could do it right yeah i mean it can be done and, and you just have to be smart about it and you have to make every dollar work for you every dollar counts you can't just say oh you know i'll pay you know, oh, my check bounce is only $34. That $34 could be, you know, doing something for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Definitely. So here you are over 50 and um, you've left a bad marriage. You've left a bad financial situation behind. What would you like to see your next act be like? What would make it your best act? Well, I certainly... Um... I think like a lot of people or maybe women in general um, at my age, um, I think creatively I'd like to do, I mean, I love what I'm doing as a career. Um, and I think I'd miss it if I left, but I've honestly found that there are other things that, that really uh, spark my interest in opportunity wise I know it would be a real risk to even like leave a job because you have something or you're passionate about something that you want to try um, I'm kind of like I said I'm I'm already careful with my money and financial situations so if I were to do something like that which is like something that I'd like to see myself doing um, I would do it carefully and maybe that's Could just you start it as like a side job or a side yeah. gig? Yes, of course. Yeah, that's something I I certainly want to do. And there's a couple of things that I've thought of. One of them is podcasting. So that's How why perfect that you're doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And the other one is I I just really enjoy writing. I've always been um pretty good at it. I mean, in school, um, throughout college, um, uh, that's just been one of my real strengths. Um, not to say that I would be like 
if I gave fiction you a fiction or nonfiction? What's that? I'm sorry. Fiction or nonfiction? Oh, um, definitely um, nonfiction. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if it would be that kind of writer. I would just like to write for something like. Uh, May I make a suggestion? Sure. Why don't you start with a blog? Uh, exactly. Yeah, I had, I had seriously thought about. You know, I, I do listen to um, a couple of podcasters. Um, the Minimalist. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I've heard um, of them. I've not watched. Them. Okay. So, so one of the guys, one of the podcasters says, there's two guys. Um, Josh Milburn is one of the. Uh, he's one of the founders, and um, I've listened to him um, often, and he's just, he's always inspired me, and he's, he's fairly young, he's in his 40s, but um, he's just inspired me on writing, and, and um, he also gives a writing class, which I wanted to sign up for, um, but um, he said also to start as a, you know, start, you know, start a blog, that would be just kind of, I have two like, blogs, by the way, Oh, really? I have, um, well, let me tell you about both of them. And um, one of them is um, my consulting business. I'm a business consultant in the fashion industry. It's called uh, vibeconsulting.co is the website. And um, I've been doing that for seven years. And I real I have like 350 articles that I've written in the, wow. that amount of time. And then I started, um, when I started for women over 50, a couple of months ago, I started it as a blog and that's a new blog. So I have a lot of information. If you want, um, we can jump on a call after this call so mm -hmm. I can give you some direction on how you might start it. But I think that would be a great um, step for you to think about. Yeah. It's a, and it's a good way to ease into it and you can do it on your own time. You don't have to work within any schedule. You could say to yourself, I'll just do one blog a week, you know, and start small so that you get comfortable with doing it. But that could be like a great thing for you. I think that would be fabulous. I really, and I, I've thought about it many times, but you know, I guess it's not that the desire is not there or the passion's not there. It's just the, you know, life gets in the way and sometimes you're not prioritizing everything or you've got, you know, your work to do and that kind of consumes your time. I mean, the job that I have um, in a in in the best of circumstances, so not at, during COVID, it's been scaled back a lot. But in my in the normal circumstances, it has really it can be consuming um it's not a nine to five it's like beyond that well any type of job in education kind of puts you in that position um mm -hmm. for teachers but i'm not an actual classroom teacher i i have a, a site supervisor and i have a program but i'm in a classroom and i supervise other adults and um so there's a lot of um management and um uh you know, just trying to uh, inspire people to um, and 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 set example, set an example to work, uh, showing others how to work with children and just different things like that. But it's not just um, like I said, it's not a nine to five. It involves a lot of training and just a lot of stuff that that sometimes has consumed me and now that when i was you know as a result of covid 
we were we were scaled back a lot of course not being in the classroom not being at regular jobs so there was so much time to kind of get creative and to think of different things and i had thought about a couple of things but um definitely one was podcasting and definitely writing well, some sort. definitely start with the blog i have this um program that i talk about called the 15 minute rule and just simply if you want to start doing something start with 15 minute increments so just say to yourself i'm going to do this 15 minutes a day sounds good yeah okay and then just start there and then if you want to do more you do more some things i want to do more but i don't want to do them more than 15 minutes at a time so i might do three times 15 minutes in a day you know, I'll do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon, 15 minutes in the evening. And I'll tell you, if you say that to yourself and you just do say, I'm just going to do 15 minutes, then you might keep going. But even if you don't, if you do that every single day, you'd be surprised the progress you make. That sounds good. So I would definitely consider that. that if you were, if you um, want to start something. So what's the best thing you've discovered about being a woman over 50? Oh, wow. I was thinking a lot about that. And, um, and in comparison to being a young woman, um, I, I know some of that uh, stuff I've thought about, or it sounds so cliche because it's, some of the stuff most people will say when they're, or most women will say, or anyone would say, you know, what is age giving you? As you get older, what do you gain? As opposed to being a young person. But I think a lot of it is true. Um, for me, I want to say um, strength. Um, as a Inner woman, strength? Yes. Um, I... And that could be, that's kind of broad, I know. It's a broad term. Would you think of that as your superpower? I would, absolutely. Yes. Um, and the reason I say that, I, I, I don't think I have anything um, on anyone else like any other woman. Um, I think we're all capable of being very strong, um, put under certain circumstances, are a test for our strength. But I believe for myself, um, I've been through a couple of things in my life that have really um, tested my strength that I didn't really believe that I had until I was put under, um, you know, those circumstances. One being when I lost my adult daughter, at, she was 25 um, and she was severely autistic. Um, raising my two daughters um, that were autistic or that are um, was an incredible amount of strength that I didn't even realize I had. And most of that was probably from societal um, pressures or, um, you know, educating, educating society on on um, <clears throat> you know the condition that my that my daughters had to, and what we dealt with as a family, um, it was just very hard. 
Um, and I became very bitter and angry as a young woman, to be honest, when this happened to me, because um, I just couldn't deal very well with the grief of not having normal children. And um, it be, I just became a very angry woman. I um, would challenge people who looked at my children wrong. I kind of always had that in me to be very... Um, assertive with my anger. Um, and again, I didn't have parents who really kind of trained me on how to, let's talk about it, don't react. I mean, I was a very- How to process person. your anger. Right, I was just a very reactive person. Um, but that was like sensitive issues. Like with my children, I was very like, mama bear would come out, very protective of them and, and, and I did create a lot of havoc for my family, um, for my ex-husband. I mean, he was brought up in a different environment than me. He, not that he wasn't really an angry person type, but I was always like, you know, flustered about anything. And, um, and in some ways it's helped me down the road, but for the most part, it has just created more anger. And I mean, it, it not only, was it in the home or with my daughters? It translated to, I would be driving and if someone pissed me off, I was, you know, like a road <laughs> well, you sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've yeah. been known to have arguments over the phone with, you know, customer service. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> me too, me too. And I've, the, the, the strangest thing, when I say strange, as opposed to when I was a younger woman, now, and that took a little bit of my own deep introspection and also through a little bit of counseling that um, I learned, because I don't think this is something that you innately, maybe, maybe some people do. I don't feel it was innate with me. I felt like I really had to work at really thinking about things before I reacted because, and it took a lot of work. It was, it was probably something in childhood that because I didn't really I grew up in a lot of dysfunction so we didn't really know how to handle very bad situations we just like I said we we were winging it and there was no instruction it was just do whatever you want and so as an adult I wasn't even prepared for a lot of things I just I, and then well, it sounds like you your parents had a little bit of absentee parenting. Absolutely. So they weren't around to teach. Right, right. And so when I say you were learning from other children, because they were your siblings, but you were learning from other children. And right. they, they didn't have it together. They weren't, you know, adult so, enough the, yet. Right. And so the interesting thing is, for me, is that I went into a field where patience and um you know kindness is, kindness is all expectations for the job and especially as being a manager now that takes an incredible amount of of first of all you have to be very diplomatic and so i like i would say now i could i don't think i see myself back in my 20s ever being in any type of position to supervise people i don't think i had those qualities that I have had now or have come to know now in myself that 
I do have that strength. I think every woman has that strength within them. Um, we may not have accessed it as easily. Um, and I don't think, maybe I wouldn't have had I not had some of the experiences that I did, but I certainly look at when I'm having an issue or there's a confrontation, I really, really work at really coming to um, either an agreement with people or an impasse or I just take the higher road. I'm not Good one for to you. argue. That's a big lesson. Yeah, because yeah, it, it wasn't, it was never, that was nothing like myself before. It, it just took an incredible amount of work to become, um, you know, and I-, I So we do get better when we get older, don't sure, we? Sure, sure. And I, I, I certainly don't want to take away from women that are very, to have that ability to speak their mind because there is a difference. You can speak your mind, you can you can stand up for yourself, you can, um, you know, those kinds of things are very important. I don't ever want to lose sight that those are important things and important aspects of a person's personality, but it's, it should be done in a more thoughtful way. Um, Certainly with kindness yeah yeah absolutely. with kindness i think that yeah. that seems to be a buzzword that's out there right now but um it really is the perfect word to describe what we need in this world and maybe that's something as um, women over 50 can bring to the world you know teaching kindness use kindness first you know yes you can use your words and yes you should stand up for yourself and listen i stand up for myself so that's never really a problem but <laughs> the problem is to not stand up for myself sometimes and let things go but um the truth is that if we use kindness every day in how we conduct our lives and how we interact with people and the world i think we could be the generation that changes the world in a very fundamental way. And that's what part of why I started this um, group is I want to take women um, over 50, like you and me and millions of other women, and not be the silent half of the world like we used to. We used to be in the background, the men were in the foreground, but actually taking ownership and making a difference in the world one step at a time. And whatever that step looks like and because we're doing it you know we're not the silent generation anymore we're the vocal generation we have so much clout we don't even know the clout that we have right mm -hmm. I, agree. I have to tell you you have been so delightful and oh. such a pleasure to have on this podcast i learned a lot from you and i think our audience learned a lot from you we'll learn a lot from you and um, I thank you for taking the time and sharing your story. It's remarkable and it's definitely worthwhile to hear. Mm -hmm.